Hey, y'all. So I am re-recording this at 8.21 on Tuesday night because of the most recent shooting that happened today. Stay tuned for some words of wisdom. I'm not sure. Welcome to 100 Acts of Love, how to help when cancer strikes. Great tips and unique ideas on what you can do to support your friend with cancer. Hi, everybody. My name is Kim, and this is what you are listening to 100 Acts of Love, how to help when cancer strikes. You are in the right place if you're an HR leader, a manager, or coworker of somebody affected with cancer, and you don't know what to do and how to help or how to manage them or how to keep the team going forward in this crisis. So normally on this podcast, I talk about receiver's guilt or work plans or how to manage the team or, you know, what to do when an employee dies. But today we're going to talk about fear because fear is where most people come from when they are trying to support an employee or friend with cancer. And fear is the number one thing that makes people say really stupid and mean things, even when they think they're being nice. It's the number one driver that lets us think that we maybe we shouldn't say anything at all. It's the number one driver of embarrassment, of humiliation, of fear of humiliation, fear of guilt, right? Fear is at the bottom of almost every single motion. Fear is always behind anger. The thing about fear is you can't avoid it. Fear is actually a really good emotion, It's how you react to the fear that gets most of us into trouble. I mean, think about it. If it wasn't for fear, we wouldn't be here. I mean, you know, the people whose ancestors didn't have the right amount of fear or couldn't feel fear, they're like, they're dead. (laughs) I mean, I know that sounds kind of harsh, but their bloodline stopped. We're all on this planet because our great ancestors, great, 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 great ancestors, they all paid attention to that fear. So fear is not a bad emotion at all. It's a healthy emotion as long as it's kept in check. So today, when I heard about the shootings, I don't have a TV and I don't watch TV and I was listening, I was on YouTube and I saw the, saw the thing about shooting and I thought, really another one? And I listened to the news on, for five minutes and I shut it off. Because I noticed something in me. I noticed how I was getting fearful. And I remember my first thought was to myself, what I thought, well, that's it. Thank you, God, for the job that I have that I can afford to have groceries delivered. That was my thought. I'm never going to go into another grocery store ever again. And then right next to that thought, I thought, oh, my gosh, I have kids. I have three young adult children who are in three different states who go into grocery stores. And then I thought, oh my gosh, like how am I going to protect them? And oh my gosh, I want to call them and tell them not to go into grocery stores. And that sounds totally ridiculous because it is ridiculous. You can't tell your children not to go into a grocery store. And then you don't, I don't want to feed my fear into my kids. So then I started to get more and more fearful. And then I started to think about what happens if my kids go into a grocery store and there's a shooting. So I went, I started to go off the deep end, y'all. And I know some of you can totally relate to this. I started to go off the deep end and then I stopped. And I was able to stop because something I know is fear loves, loves when you have, when you are worrying about something that you have no control over. Because it can just go to town, right? It can figure out the worst case. It can figure out a hundred worst case scenario. Fear loves it when you feel like you don't have control. Because when you feel like you don't have control, you tend to go into worry mode. I turned it off. I turned my fear off. I didn't turn it off. I tamped it down. 
And what I did was I started to think about what do I have control over and what I don't have control over. Now, here's the thing. The opposite of fear is not fearless. The opposite of fear is love. Now, I know you guys are kind of going, what? That's not the opposite of fear. The opposite of fear is being fearless. There's no such thing as being fearless. Fear is always here. It's always going to be here. But when you add love to it, when you, when you show gratitude and appreciation and, and, and just, just this feeling of warmth in your heart for somebody or something that you really, truly adore, it wipes the fear out. Like, just try this exercise right now. So there's the shooting today, and it feels really uncomfortable. And now in your head, I want you to picture someone who you really love, who just makes you laugh. And picture having a conversation with them. And go, go detailed. Picture where you are sitting. Maybe it's someplace you got together last year before COVID hit. And you're sitting with them, and you're laughing, and you're having a good time, and you're just smiling, and you're just feeling so grateful for them. And you love their sense of humor, and you love the way they make you laugh, and you love what they talk about, and you love what the, the way they explain things. Maybe you love the way they parent, or maybe you love the way they talk about parenting. You know, you just really love them. You just love being with them. When you're with them in that moment, you feel light and open and free. Okay. So now tell me, what's your fear level at? See what I mean? Your fear level goes down when you think about love. Now, I know some of you are probably saying, well, Kim, that's not reality because, you know, it could happen in the store near you and you need to be careful. And you're right. But I no, you're wrong. It is reality. The way I feel about that certain friend right now is truly reality. And all I'm doing is switching my brain to a place that can function where my body can, can, can recover, where my cortisol levels can lower down, where I'm not feeling anxious, where I can actually sleep really well tonight and get a good night's sleep so I can face tomorrow. Because I have two choices. I can either let the fear dictate my actions or I can let the love dictate my actions. What happens tomorrow, I have no control over absolutely no control over. So I'm making the decision and doing the things that I need to do to make sure that I stay in love because I'm going to wake up tomorrow anyway, hopefully, right? So I'm going to wake up tomorrow anyway. And I would much rather wake up feeling like I've gotten a good night's sleep, feeling at peace, remembering the love that I have for my children and my friends and my family and, and, and this microphone. I'd much rather wake up there Then wake up with the fear of, oh my God, these poor people, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So maybe you think it's not a great way to live, but I tell you what, I'm betting my heart rate is going to be much lower than yours and I'm betting I'm healthier than you, than those of you who live in fear. Now, sorry, that sounds kind of mean. So what I want to do is tell you how I got to that place. Um, This is a process that I use. I've been using it for eight years. I am a compulsive overeater and an alcoholic, and I have no control over food or alcohol. And for those of you who who have control over those things, you'll never understand. There's no way that I can say no to sugar. I have tried everything, and I have tried all sorts of therapy. I've tried religion. I've tried crystals. I've tried everything to get past it. And the reality is I just have no control over sugar, so I've completely eliminated from my diet. But I didn't eliminate it out of willpower because I have no control. I have no willpower. 
I eliminated by dealing with the underlying issue that was causing me to eat in the first place. So no matter what addiction you have, whether it's food or alcohol or heroin or sex or shopping or overspending or overworking, no matter what the addiction is that you have, it has an underlying cause. And that underlying cause of all those addictions is the same thing. And so I um, have a daily routine that I use and I'm sharing it here so that hopefully it will help some of you maybe pick this up so that you can manage your fear. So my daily routine starts this way. I get out of bed every morning and I go pee. <laughs> Probably too much information, but it is what I do. I get back into, I get, and, and I get down on my knees and I pray to the universe and I ask the universe for help. And I say things like, you know what universe? My email situation is out of control. Like I need to figure out how not to miss emails because I'm missing emails. So universe, I am gonna leave that up to you. I will let you guide me. Oh yeah, and universe, I'm feeling a great amount of fear about the shooting that happened yesterday. This is what I'm gonna say probably tomorrow morning. And universe, I need to find love. I need, I need to do the opposite. I want to find love. Please help me show me who I can love, how, where, when, and with whom, Father God, right? So that's what I say. Then I get into bed and I do some readings. I read from a book called, it's Emmett Fox book called Around the Year, I think it is. I read from an Abraham, Abraham Hicks book. I read from a Marianne Williamson book and I read from a Mark Nepo book. I do all those daily readings. And then I, I stay my ass in bed and I meditate for 20 minutes. Now, I know when I mention meditation, people say one or two things. I meditate, I use guided meditation, which is great. That's a different form of meditation. Or they say, I can't meditate. And the thing is, you often think you can't meditate because, you're, because you have this idea that meditation is, it blanks out your mind and you're at peace and you don't have all these things flying around in your head. Well, I'm here to tell you that things fly around in my head all the time. It is not abnormal to have thoughts coming through your head. The trick with meditation is to meet those thoughts and just release them. And I do it with a mantra. So I have a mantra that I say, and it's a one-word mantra, not a phrase, because phrases don't always work with transcendental meditation, which is what I practice. And I have a mantra, and I sit still for 20 minutes. And there are some days where the alarm goes off, and I think, there's no way it's been 20 minutes, because it's been so peaceful, and I've been so deep. And there are some days, at 17 minutes and 57 seconds, I open my eyes to see how much time I have left. And then I open my eyes again at 13 minutes and 10 seconds. And then I might open my eyes again at seven minutes. And I think, oh my God, seven minutes, I have so much long to do. Right? So there are days where it's really peaceful. And there are days that it's, that it's sometimes hard, where I have massive monkey brain, where I realize I've spent the last five minutes, so I think, thinking about something about work. But I'm always able to bring it back to that word. So if you think that you're unable to meditate because you have monkey brain, that's not true. You just need to practice. Getting out of fear is not a one and done thing. Releasing fear doesn't happen overnight unless you're like really super zen, right? It takes practice. It takes focus and practice, a regimented practice that I do every single day because it keeps me from eating and from drinking and from being an asshole. To be really 100%, I am not a nice person when I, am, when I am not with this program. I used to tell myself I was really nice and feel like I was the victim. It's like, oh, but I'm so nice to them and I do so many things. But I wasn't that person. 
I wasn't really that nice. So I was doing it because I wanted them to think I was nice. I was doing it because I was too chicken, too chicken shit to, to be honest with them. I think I'm going off the deep end here. So I'm going to reel it back in. All right. So I meditate. I finish some, I do some more readings. I have some passages out of the Bible that I read. One of my favorite is you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do you light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, you put it on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Isn't that beautiful? Like I say that to myself to remind myself that I am the light of the world and, and I want, you know, and you are the light of the world and, and, and so is the other person the light of the world. Your kids are the light of the world. Your coworkers are the light of the world. Like we each have our own light and it's so important that we let that shine and fear keeps that light from shining. So then I do something called a worry journal and I actually want to change the name of it because um, it sort of has a negative connotation. What I do is... I write for, I, I promise myself every morning that I'm going to write. And I think it's it's from this book called The Art of, shoot, some of you all are going to know it, so please text me. I think it's The Art of War, art, no, it's not Art of Creativity, something like that. And she talks about this, and it's a new practice for me. So my only rule, I have two rules. One, I have to do it for at least five minutes. And two, I have to write, I cannot stop writing for five minutes. I cannot leave, I cannot lift my pen from my paper. And there are mornings I have a ton to write about, but there are other mornings where I feel like I can't write. And I literally start the writing journal with, oh, I don't even know what I'm going to write. This is so stupid. I hate doing this. I have nothing to write about. I had a good night's sleep and I'm looking forward to, and then I'm off and running. So the point of this worry journal is to get some thoughts out so they can keep you, because the, these things keep you from being creative and keep you from sh- your light shining. So when you do it, it gets these out of the way. So that's what I do in my morning. And then the afternoon, I meditate. Uh, I meditate again for another 20 minutes. I write about my day and I have a fellowship that I talk about the, the whatever feelings have come up during that day. And what it does is it's, I'm no longer, I, okay, I was going to say I'm no longer f- fearful of the fear and that's actually a lie. I'm still fearful of the fear, but I'm not as fearful. And I'm able to walk through it in a way that I can get to the other side. And when, and I'm also able to love more deeply and wholly and completely. And I don't know if this is making any sense. I have no idea. I feel like I'm, oh, I feel like I'm rambling. But the point is, please don't let fear take you out. You know, there are so many things for us to be fearful about. And what we need right now is to turn outward and to love. And I know that feels like so, like you can say it and, you know, we, we wear t-shirts to say love one another, but we're really, but then we go into Target and we're really rude to the cashier or we're in a hurry and we, we cut someone off in our cars or, you know, we walk by people on the street and we just don't, you know, we don't make any eye contact and, those are little itty-bitty opportunities to love. You know, you, it's sometimes easy to love your children, or sometimes not, depending on where they're at and what they're saying to you in the moment. It's sometimes easy to love your coworkers. But, you know, do you really love them? Can you just take a moment? You don't have any control over whether you feel fear or not, but you do have control over how you let it run your life or not. So every single time you have a fear thought, that's okay. It's not a bad thought. But how you react to that thought, that's what matters the most. And are you going to let it spin you out of control so your world gets smaller, so you don't feel love? Are you going to let the fear of saying the wrong thing to that employee with cancer stop you from speaking to them? 
Are you going to let that fear run you? Or are you going to say, thank you, fear. I appreciate the warning, but I'm going to move forward anyway. And you're going to picture having that really warm conversation with that employee with cancer. You're going to picture next time you walk into Walmart or Target or Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or Stop and Shop or, or the 99 cent store, you're going to picture looking at that cashier in the eye and saying, hey, thank you for being here today. I so appreciate you. I hope you're okay. Like that's the love. And that's the thing that drives the change. That's what makes the world a better place. Oh my God, I'm sounding like a... So I'm going to wrap up because I think I've been rambling for a little bit of time. I just, so many of you out there I know are feeling fear and anxiety around what just happened yesterday. And I so, so, so want you to just turn around and look at what you do have and the people in your life that you do love and how lucky you are to have them, right? And how, and how beautiful they are. And then, and then reach out to them and just say, hey, I was thinking about you today and I'm just so glad that you were in my life or that you were in my life. I'm so glad for the way you touched my life back when, whenever. Don't let that fear stop you from loving somebody because that's what makes this world great. That's what makes us happy. That's what makes us feel connected and loved and cared for. And I can guarantee you 100% When you put that love, when you put it into the world, you will get it back tenfold. For those of you who are looking for someone to love, that perfect guy or woman to bring into your, because you want to be loved, switch that conversation around. Talk about how you want to love somebody, how you're really looking forward to just laughing with someone, giving them hope, making them feel important and loved. When you think about it that way, that person will show up in your life and love you more ways than you can possibly even imagine. When you want to feel like you're counted and you matter, show somebody else that they count and they matter. All right. Well, that's kind of all I got to say. (laughs) It was a lot. But please remember, especially right now, you matter. You matter so much to so many people. You can make them feel loved. You can give them hope. You can reduce their fear. So please do that. Please do that for them and do that for yourself because you matter. Thanks for dropping by. Don't forget to subscribe and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.